0: It's time for The Drive's Top 4 at 4. Hour number two of The Drive underway and time for the Top 4 at 4. It's brought to you this afternoon by Matlock Tire and Auto Service. Here once again is Tucker Harlan. Turn his mic on there.
1: Thank you, Russell. At number one, Washington football coach Kalen DeBoer has been named Associated Press Head Coach of the Year. In his two seasons, the Huskies are 23 and two, leaving behind the bitter memory of a four and eight record in 2021 that led to a coaching change and brought DeBoer to Washington.
0: It's our guy, Chris and Fresno's guy. Yeah, yeah. He turned... Big Kalen DeBoer guy, and I kind of well, laughed about him. him. I kind of laughed him off, and he's talking about it. it's like, yeah, whatever, CG. Your little Fresno guy, isn't cut out for the big time, and kind of was. Got a pretty squeeze in the playoffs this year. Washington I, I, cradle of coaches man they they know how to pick them up there I don't know I'm are you gonna be surprised would you how shocked would you be if they ended up winning at all I would be surprised I mean I not just like blown away shocked but it would be a surprise
2: I, I think they look offensively they're kind of similar to what they're they're what we were last year they just didn't yes. stub their toe like we did and I think that's part of the reason that I'm kind of drawn. That's who I'm pulling for in the playoffs. I don't know about you guys. No,
0: I'm with you. I, yeah. I would love to see it. Um,
2: Penning's kid seems like a good good guy. And
1: Pac-12 going out with a bang. Yeah. That'd be fun. You definitely want to go out with a bang for sure. At number two, UCLA transfer quarterback Dante Moore has committed to Oregon. Moore threw for over 1,600 yards, 11 touchdowns, and nine picks in 2023. He joins Oklahoma transfer Dylan Gabriel and Eugene for the 2024 season.
2: Yeah, how's that going to work now? Because I guarantee neither – I mean, Gabriel's just got one year and this other kid – I'm sure Dante's not wanting to sit behind Gabriel.
1: It's interesting because they split time – or Dante Moore split time with – Uh, the Garbers kid at UCLA this year so I mean Gabriel's more proven between the two of them so you'd think he'd get the nod speaking
2: of UCLA I went back and listened to uh, the Chip Kelly thing again
1: almost all of it I'm
2: not saying all of it but most of that I get totally agree with
0: 100% get totally on board with old Chip he's a thinker man a visionary.
2: He could have been going into his, what, sixth or seventh year here now?
1: Oh, we'd have fired him. You think so? No, oh, we'd yeah. have hated him. We, we were saying it yesterday. I mean, ever Snarky since
0: he... Yankee type.
1: Yeah. That's
2: why I, I couldn't believe that when they focused on Shiano, I was like, he's like Butch on steroids, man. A mercurial Yankee. I mean, if he's coming skin. off like
0: an eight and four or something here and he starts popping off, they'd be like, hey, Chip. Why don't you concentrate on Winston B.O. Why don't you beat Florida before you start redesigning the entire sport? Okay, buddy? Get your ass back over there to the, the complex. Go and- ahead and find me a five-star. Yeah. How about that? The Amazon division, the Nike division. Hey, why don't you go figure out a way
1: to beat Lane Kiffin? How about that? At number three, Atlanta Falcons head coach Arthur Smith says they will start Taylor Heineke over Desmond Ritter in Sunday's game against the Indianapolis Colts. This decision comes after a disappointing 9-7 to loss in Carolina Sunday in which Ritter threw for 152 yards, a touchdown, and a pick.
2: That pick, that, that pick was something else, man. I mean, like, I really – I said
0: it and I was like, I wonder if this guy's got money on this game. They're yo-yoing now. That's not a good sign no. for Arthur Smith.
1: The sad thing is, they were in the division race too until that game happened on Sunday.
0: Well, I don't know how to judge Arthur Smith as a head coach because he just—he's not had a quarterback. You know, he tried to—he yeah, tried the uh, reclamation I'll, I'll, I'll part, I, project with Mariota. That didn't work out. Ritter was—I just never believed there in Heineke's Heineke's. He hadn't had a chance to coach a quarterback yet. But he won't, he won't play and he
2: won't tool what he does have to feature the talent that he does have. I mean, he had B. John Robinson and he was getting like five or six touches a game most of the season. Who else? Is that? Kyle Pitts never touches the ball.
1: Drake London's supposedly an athletic freak, but. Uh, Drake he's London was not getting wide
2: open in the end zone or, or wouldn't have been. He was like on the one yard line. Nobody was within
0: 30 feet of him. I don't know why running back wouldn't get the ball more. I know Allgaier had a nice season yeah. for them, but you have to have a quarterback to get the ball to your tight end and star wide receiver.
2: Dude, you you spin a first-round draft pick. Now, granted, he was uh, the Ferrari of the running back class last year. I mean, he was by far the best running back coming out. I don't know. I think the Titans somehow fell backwards into the
1: second-best running back. Tajay. And finally at number four, the Colts on Tuesday suspended receiver Isaiah McKenzie and cornerback Tony Brown for three games for, quote, conduct detrimental to the team, sidelining both players until the end of the regular season. Uh The club did not disclose what behavior led to the decisions, but the nature of the violations rose to a level where severe punishment was warranted. Huh. What's going on with the Colts? It's not
0: good, whatever it is. Conduct detrimental to the team. You missed another pretty big
2: piece of news out of the, uh, the AFC North
1: yesterday. AFC North. Yep. What, Mason Rudolph getting the starting gig? Nope, but it is Steelers related.
2: Hmm. The guy who uh,
1: drilled. Um, oh, yeah, KZ. Casey. KZ. So suspended been, for the rest of the year, right?
2: Yeah, suspended for the rest of the year without pay. Seemed a little harsh. Yeah. Then I mean, Tom Brady apparently came out and put a lot of the blame on. He didn't really do it. He did it very diplomatically. He basically said, you know.
0: It's a hospital ball. Yeah. I mean, Minshew, it's something he's been talking about. He said, you got to. Minshew's like, dude, I'm Gardner Minshew. I'm not you, Tom Brady. I'm Gardner Minshew. I'm doing what, the best I can here. Uh,
2: I think what Brady would say is. I realize that, but you still don't. You can't throw a ball like that. You got to protect your guys. I mean, it's what got Josh Dobbs bench. Let's be honest. He it about, did.
0: About put Justin Jefferson in the ICU. All right, thank you, Tucker. That is the top four app for. It's brought to you by Matlock Tire and Auto Service with five locations to serve you. Hey, before you hit the road next week, make sure your tires are set. Make sure you've got your oil changed. Tires rotated, all that good stuff. Matlock Tire and Auto Service can hook you up. Check them out online at matlocktireservice.com to schedule your service today. Matlock Tire going the extra mile for you. Joe Rex Road coming up here in just a few moments. You want to jump in? 865 546 8200. Couple lines available right now. You want to jump in here? 546 8200 as we break things down to levels that can only be described as beyond scientific here on this national early signing day eve. eve. Yeah. We call it not a ton of drama for Tennessee. People much more interested in how Tennessee can close in the portal than how they can close with high school recruits tomorrow.
2: Are there any, Tucker, any that we're trying to flip at the last minute here?
1: Um, you know, it. I, I just can't think recruits? of any off the top of my head high school. Well, the uh,
0: Harrison is committed to Cal, isn't he?
1: Yeah. There was. Well, Jordan Seaton did both. Put the, out a, both the yeah. tight
0: ends are committed.
1: Yeah, but Jordan Seaton did put out a cryptic message on Twitter today. I'm that. not sure if that means a whole lot or what, but. Uh, I mean, do,
0: where do you
1: are I, we
2: at the point where there's no room at the end?
0: Oh, no, no. A five star future first round left tackle. No, we'll huh? make room. Okay. I'm just asking vote a guy off the island I know there's there's some people listening right now like he had his chance and we don't the the whatever dude he's a high school kid yeah you you're not gonna worry about that when we're in a fourth quarter tussle with Alabama here in three years and you look down there and see that dude playing left tackle for you yeah yeah yes we we would definitely take Jordan Seaton if he wanted to have a last-minute change of heart. I don't pity the coaches having to play those games, though. I guess that's why they get paid the big bucks. Oh, yeah. There's no way. I'm not –
2: people like me and you um, going on a limb here, we aren't aren't wide. I could not imagine you uh, having to cajole a 17-year-old kid. I, can see
0: you well, I mean quick. well you have to you have to determine what your number is. Like, how how much money is it worth it to you to, to pimp yourself out like that? Yeah, just just to swallow your pride, to get on bended knee as a grown man in front of some dumbass kid. I'm not picking on him. Like most of us were dumbass kids at seventeen well, Can't much, all of us are. begging a guy like me at uh, like what I was at seventeen as I don't a grown know, man. Ch- <laughs> looking
2: like, at your fingernails, <laughs> giving him a buff. I don't sure know. Sure,
0: could use a nice place to live. Huh? You got anything downtown? Maybe in a high rise. <laughs> this kid, this freaking kid. Yeah, my mom's.
2: Uh, she'd really like to be riding around in one of those Ben station wagons.
0: I mean, it, it would have to be you. You'd have to be paying me a quarter million, like two fifty a year, or something like at, at least, right? And we, we start talking hypo money. I'm getting paid nine million. Oh, hey, there's there's no limit to, to the ridiculousness sure. I will engage in.
2: Please, I'm begging you, son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: how, how? You know what you'd do? You'd show up in a dashiki with some African prayer beads, a candle, yes. and some damn jimby drums. Just like
0: the Right Reverend. <laughs> Hit the damn Jimmy drums. think that guy cares about his pride? Cares about his manhood? Nope.
2: His Neither independence?
0: Does the, Neither does the
2: other major men's sport coach at Auburn. Wipes his tears away with Benjamins. Straight and, cash, homie. Him and Big Daddy himself, Brucifer.
0: Wow. Yeah, uh, you uh, you pay me and the lowest paid full-time assistant on Tennessee staff I'm, i think is at about two An and um the young receivers coach Kelsey those, Pope. yeah those guys are made like two fifty three hundred grand a year Pope may be in line for a uh,
2: that's interesting because i always you always think that whatever position the kid plays coming in that's their position coaches who their lead recruiter was yeah
0: not necessarily the case
2: no nah, you take a look at who all
1: Pelsey Kelsey Pope's uh, been responsible for. He's got a pretty good track record. I've stumbled upon, across a piece of breaking news. I don't know if it's desk worthy. Mm-hmm. Well, if, I mean, if you well, want to, you can. No, nah, this
2: is on you. Do you want right. to go? Do we you, need to you go? You
1: tell
0: desk me. Do we no? go to the desk? Sure, or we'll no? go to the desk. Make an executive call, Tucker.
1: Better be good. Come no, on, better be good. Sad trombone is ready. Former Tennessee offensive lineman Addison Nichols has committed to Arkansas. That's why I was indecisive. I'll do. What do you, what do you think, Bear?
2: We'll give it to him because he uh, is going uh, to an yeah, SEC school, and Sam, who, who we summer. do play next year. Yeah,
1: the Pittman angle. I
2: thought you were coming with something else, and we were going to was going to clown
1: you. No, if if it had been a, a lower school than that, then I would have not uh, go, wanted to go to the desk.
2: Nothing about Lane Kiffin is breaking news to me. Unless he's dead, dead or leaving Old Miss, taking the Florida. Yeah, I, I
1: was not going to throw the contract extension at you. Don't worry. Are you ready
0: for that next year? By the way, Lane Kiffin to Florida talk. Are you ready for uh, a world uh, you know where what?
2: Lane Kiffin <laughs> is coaching that's, our hated that's, rival? That's fine because number one, we don't play him every year. I kind of like every once so in a while playing Lane because anytime Tennessee and Lane get together, it's not even borderline. Things get dangerous, and I like that environment—a thriving chaos. Uh, but like a good friend of mine told me, uh, the next time Lane wins something big will be the first time Lane Kiffin wins something of meaning to go 10 and two at Ole Miss. I'm just repeating back what you told me. You finally got me off the lane train and away from everybody. Look bear.
0: I don't sound like that. It's true, though. The trophy case in the Kiffin household is noticeably bare. Yeah. Then again, I guess the same could be
1: said for the Heupel household.
2: I've never been able to to do a good imitation of Russ. McClure's got you nailed.
1: It's hard to do that. You have to have a lot of depth to create a Russell impersonation. I couldn't do it. He's never – I've never heard this
0: Cody impression of me. I want to
1: hear it. I've
0: asked him to do it. You guys went at it on a
2: remote where you were – doing arguing with him but talking like him and he was arguing with you but doing an imitation of you that's incredible it bent my brain
0: well uh, Cody mcclure here good to be here good to be anywhere Uh, sorry john i just woke up (sighs) just trying to get my voice warmed up here we'll miss him joe rex road The Athletic, 102.5, the game in Nashville. Coming up next, stay with us. More Fan Run Radio after this. The
1: Drive.
0: Major faux pas from Chris in Fresno this morning. Really? He sent me a tweet where somebody was asking, like, hey, you know, this Christmas vacation theme song. He said, this person had tweeted, does your employer give out bonuses? End of the year gifts, bonuses, something like that. Yeah. And we were kind of giggling about. uh, The jelly of the month club. Not in radio. Yeah, and I said, I don't know about your situation, Chris, but here at Fan Run, we have the you know, we get that rolled over every year, Jelly and Month Club. He didn't get the reference.
2: Chris didn't? Really? He didn't get the reference. Wow. I know, right? Wow. It, a major fine. Even, even
0: I get that one. Fan run fine right Ooh. there for Chris and Fresno. We bring a Joe Rex Road of the Athletic one oh two five, the game in Nashville. What do you say, Joe? Have you guys gotten your Christmas bonuses from the game and the athletic yet? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh,
3: I, I do get the reference, okay? Okay, I mean, good. Uh, I do get the reference. I mean, I, but of course, I probably get references from, like, It's a Wonderful Life, so, you know.
0: Hey, that, that's well, a classic every time a bell rings. Joe Rex Road uh, jumping in. Joe, how is Music City dealing with the news today that Talia Tungavaloa is opting out of the Music City Bowl against Auburn? <laughs>
3: yeah, I don't think there was a t- ton of optimism that he was gonna play so oh, is it even I, worth I, I,
0: watching now
3: Man, <laughs> I tell you what when you started when you started that sentence I was like oh my god what did I miss <laughs> what did I miss oh my god Sorry. uh yeah so yeah I think they're, they're they've been counting pretty heavily on a uh, war eagle to be showing up big time uh for that matchup between uh Maryland and Auburn so uh, I guess maybe the Auburn fans can be more excited now. There are a lot of Auburn fans here in Nashville. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'll tell you that firsthand. Maybe they'd be a little more excited, a little bit better chance of getting a dub.
0: Well, it's weird. You know, the Music City Bowl. It's one of those games where, like, Tennessee fans were excited to go. It's Hypel's uh, first year, and I, I remember people were kind of pumped up about that game. We know it's not a big game, but it, it represents you know the culmination of a first year, which Tennessee fans were pretty stoked and. Like that's kind of what Auburn's got Like they got Hugh Freeze, they know they're nowhere close to where they want to get under him, but it's the first step on a journey. So I'd imagine that they are pretty fired up about that game.
3: Yeah, exactly, and uh, yeah, exactly. It, you know, and it's a little bit of a trip. I think a big thing with bowl games is like I don't know that like the Tennessee players are that excited for the Music Bowl, right? Like you yeah. want to, you just want to get on a plane and especially maybe go somewhere a little warmer, a little bit of closer to a beach, but. No, for sure, it, it's a it's a good game, um, and hey, there are there are many worse places in the world to have a few pops than you know sure. down on down on Broadway. So yeah, it's, it's a good deal.
0: Well, I mean, uh, Tennessee fans, we we were not excited at all about the is like, oh, really? We're going to go play Minnesota in the Music City Bowl. Now, not that uh, I, I don't detect a ton of enthusiasm about playing Iowa, but it is oh. the Citrus Bowl where Tennessee hasn't been for twenty years, and um, hey man, no, no jokes about you can't spell citrus without U T this year, Joe. <laughs> it's been twenty oh, years, man.
3: man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, of course, it's cheese it whatever now, and and I, I don't know if that means we get like boxes of cheese it on press row or what, but yeah, I mean it's it's always that's a solid bowl game, yes. You know, it's it's a it's been a solid bowl game for a long time. It's been the, it's been the Capital One. It's been whatever it's called over the years. Not bad. I mean the. The opponent is not exciting. I mean, just in terms of wanting to watch a an entertaining game. But I will say, for who you know, for the offense, it is a heck of a test. I mean, it's a heck of a test of this offense. And if you're going to have a game where you're missing your entire secondary, Iowa football is not the worst offense to have to play on that side of the ball.
0: Are you surprised that Joe Milton hasn't opted out? And we'll take the whole Nico part of this equation out of it, but just. I look at it, Joan. It's like, what does he have to prove? um i I suppose he could have a three hundred yard game and that would be a feather in his cap. But I don't know that that necessarily bumps him up the boards. On the other hand, if he goes out there and you know has a one hundred sixteen yard passing effort and it's a struggle and it doesn't look good, then you know, I, I don't know. Do you feel like that might hurt his draft stock?
3: Yeah, you know it's a good question. I thought about this. I know that if, if I were his agent, I would look at this game and say, "Man, Iowa, man! They they <laughs> they sit back. I mean, you know, they they don't blitz. They don't play man. They sit back in that zone, and you just have to dink and dunk every time. Like the ball doesn't go over their head. You know, it's it's. I mean, they're really good. I, I would look at that and say, God, I don't know that I I'd want this to be the last thing." that, uh, everybody sees on film, you know, but you can flip it around and say, Hey, if you have a good game against that defense, which just really did a great job against JJ McCarthy in Michigan, I mean, that game was only out of hand because their offense is so atrocious. You know, you could flip it around and say that might actually help you. I mean, to me, it's like, I don't think it really matters that much either way. When it comes down to it, all the films are going to be taken into account the interviews, the combine, et cetera. Um, and, uh, you know, this is Joe. He took over this team. He's this is, he's the senior leader, and I'm not surprised that he would lean toward wanting to finish the journey with these guys this year.
0: Joe Rexrode of The Athletic, 102.5 The Game in Nashville, our guest here this afternoon. and uh, Joe, let's talk about Will Levis and the Titans. What is his status as a very scary look at play? And for those of us that were watching on TV, when they say – we're not going to show you the replay. Mm. You just immediately assume the worst, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be the worst. But what is his status going forward here?
3: Well, it's funny. You know, this is right after we're talking about Joe Milton because I don't remember what game that was. But you know what I'm talking about this year, where Milton got yeah. his leg pinned under him. Was that like? I think it
0: was Austin? UT Martin or um,
3: who? Or Martin Sa- was it San Antonio? It yes, Texas. Maybe, San maybe it was yeah. UTSA. Yeah, and I'm like, he's done. Look at that replay. He's done, and you know, he's fine. I, I, I sort of the exact same thing with Levis. Watching that play and watching him down at first, I'm like, "Well, we'll see him next October," you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, it ends up being ankle, and he's you now now you know it, high ankle sprain by the actual definition of high ankle sprain, which like I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars know what that is, <laughs> and he's done for the year. I would say, you know, I mean, Trevor Lawrence did not have a freaking high ankle sprain and play the next week. Like that's. I think that, that that term is being misused a little bit, but that's truly what Will Levis has. I don't see how he plays again. And I, don't, I don't see why if I'm the Titans, I'd be in no hurry. You're out of the playoffs. You know he's good. You know you're building around him. You, you've seen enough from him to feel good about moving forward with him, and you also have seen enough from your atrocious offensive line to never want to put him behind it again. So I think it'll be Ryan Tannehill the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say the next snap Will Levis takes needs to be behind a left tackle, you know, an offensive line that is a professional worth left salt. tackle.
3: Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, an NFL player. Yeah. yeah oh I mean, man, it's, it's that's brutal. Joke. It's a joke. Yeah, and you know that's the thing. It's like those guys. I mean, a year ago it was bad, and and they you know, obviously hire a new GM, Rand Carthon, Mike Vrabel. That's all they talked about the offseason was fixing that. And that's the thing when you go get a former first-round pick, kind of unproven, lost his job, but you think he has talent, and he comes out and is worse than Dennis Daly? Well, then there you go. I mean, the whole whole thing's a disaster. So the the pressure is big time on those guys this offseason to figure this out. Because, you know, Levis would be fun to watch, I think, with time to throw and more than DeAndre Hopkins to throw to.
0: Yeah, I remember the last time we had you on, Joe, I asked you about, you know, the $100 million in cap space or whatever it is and and what that could mean, what that could look like. And I I keep seeing these drafts for the Titans where, you know, they're taking Dallas Turner or Malik Neighbors and, and I'm just sitting here watching these games thinking, how could it be anything other than offensive line? Uh, how do how do you see this playing out between the draft and free agency? Do you think there's a, a chance that the Titans could just go best available player in the draft and try and fix the offensive line with
3: all that cap room that they have? Well, the problem with that is you, you so rarely see really good in their prime hmm. tackles in particular getting to free agency. You okay. know, whereas to me. Like a T. Higgins, now, I don't know if he's actually going to get there, but T. Higgins is an example of there's where you use your money, right? And you and you have to draft your left tackle. I mean, typically, you've got to draft your tackles. You know, if you want long-term, really good tackles. And Of course, the Titans had Taylor Lewan, they had Jack Conklin, and then, of course, they've just gone on this terrible run of drafting. So, you know, now I will say, though, if they're not high enough and those two left tackles from Notre Dame and Penn State are gone, well – then I think you you may still have to go best available and go with the neighbors. I don't know. Yeah, I mean there's so many needs. They could they certainly need a high level cornerback too. I, I think you could, but I think you can go spend and get a cornerback, spend and get a receiver, and get a draft to get the tackle. So I think ideally for them, they're in position to either move up a little bit or they're in position to take one of those guys. And then it's a very easy choice, a foundational left tackle. If they can get it, makes everything make sense.
2: Joe, I've seen a couple of different mocks that had them taking Georgia tight end Brock Bowers simply because they were going to be outside of Alt and I cannot remember Uh, that they they were going to be off the table.
3: I wouldn't be mad about a team drafting Brock Bowers. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to me it's like, God, if one of those – because I do think neighbors, and I think Roma Dunze, too. I think those guys are – because Marvin Harrison, I think, is gone, like, in the top three. But I think th- those are three receivers in this draft that I think in a lot of years are the first receiver taken. So, I think it would be really hard to not go on the outside. But then again, man, I mean, you know, Chigakonko is a fine player. He's He's pretty good. He's a pretty good, like – fifth round pick but Brock Bowers I think he's going to be a freaking superhero in the NFL so you know it's one of those things where if you're if your top need isn't there then you, then you do you try to get a great player somewhere.
0: Joe what about Derrick Henry where are things at there obviously it's you know he he really struggled as did other players uh, I know the offensive line is is bad uh, to put it mildly for the Titans this year but uh, his contract comes up. What do you see next for King Henry?
3: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And, you know, this last game, uh, 16 carries, 9 yards. I I counted two plays where there was a little bit of a seam, and I said, man, one guy, he's got to break that tackle. And he used to always break that tackle, okay? And then I'd say the other 14 carries, it's seriously like, here's the ball, here's three guys, good luck. I mean it was that bad. So I it's it's so hard to evaluate him. I still think overall this year he's been very good. He's still really good. He's not dominant top of the league, you know, weapon who can take it 80 yards at any point. But I think it's I think it absolutely would behoove the Titans to bring him back as long as the price is right and I think it would make sense for him to go out there and look around. And maybe there is a team that like I, I would be fascinated to see Derrick Henry in the Ravens' offense. I would be fascinated to see him in the Eagles' offense. You know, um, and and maybe something like that would work out. He could get a good payday. And and certainly, if you're him, are you kind of thinking a little bit more ring chasing now? It's not like I don't, you know, I don't think the Titans are going to be a true contender next year. So those are all I – mean, he's got to be out there and check it out. But I think there's a good chance that it, he doesn't find a good market at 30 for his services, sad sad as it is. I think it's reality for a 30-year-old running back who is kind of a throwback running back. And so if, if he comes back in, in a maybe a, even a little bit lesser role with a little bit more carries and touches for TyJ Spears, I think that's a good situation. You know, again, if you block for these guys, I think Henry, Spears, Levis, they'll all look way better.
0: Joe, switch of gears here. We've been kicking around this topic when it comes to Tennessee basketball today. Uh, fill in the blank question here. The season for the Vols is a failure if they don't at least make it to blank.
3: Well, Sweet 16, and and I know I believe this team could do more than that. I do. But mm-hmm. you got to make the second weekend, you know. And, you know, you stack those second weekends, and that, that means something for a program. I mean, look, Barnes got a second one last year. It was a big deal beating Duke that day in Orlando. And, I mean, that was only his second one, I think, since 08, right? I mean, that's – and the first, of course, being the the Grant Williams Admiral Schofield 2019 team. So, uh, to me, failure making the the Sweet 16. Um, Some may put a lead eight on it. Uh, Look, this team's going to have to be in the Final Four. I truly believe that. I really do, especially now that we're seeing Ziegler start to come into his own – Vescovy starting to feel control, and those guys. And I know Dalton Connect was just basically taken out of the game the other night. But when it comes down to it, there's just a lot less pressure on all those guys because he can just go get to the line or get a bucket when he wants to. I assume he'll he'll resume doing that next time out. And then Josiah James playing so well, so I think they have a real chance to have the, the school's first Final Four. I've said that about previous teams in recent years, so people remind me of that a lot, but. I think failure, that word, can apply if you get to the second weekend.
0: It's a strong word for sure. Hey, Joe, last thing we'll let you run here. Uh, Vanderbilt basketball, I'll be a, a completely honest here, haven't watched them oh. play yet. <laughs> okay, I, I, I hear your, <laughs> your tone there. Um, all I know is I, I see an occasional Joe Rexroad tweet about just being kind of a train wreck of a year here. What What exactly is going on for Jerry Stackhouse in Vandy? No,
3: that's bad. Well, Colin Smith, the Torres Achilles, and he was one of their most promising young players, sophomore, uh, you know, three man, you know, wing, good shooter. And so he's out. Uh, But, and, and so, and Lee Dort has a domestic assault, you know, charge so that he I wouldn't expect to see him regardless of how that plays out. And he was a promising sophomore, big, a big time recruit for Stackhouse. I mean, it's, They've been atrocious, just atrocious. Even with the injuries, they've had other guys hurt and things like that. It's just they they play no defense. Uh, there's no chemistry. Mm. Stackhouse looks already – you know, he has this, – this happens with Stackhouse teams. They start slow. They lose some bad games. Then all of a sudden, everything starts clicking. They start playing great in February and March, and they make a run at it. That's how he's SEC coach of the year last year, and I think that should have been an NCAA team, but – this team's not going to come close to that. It's just a bad mix of players. He's not doing a good job. Now they have these injuries, and it's going to be really interesting. You have five years at Vanderbilt not making the NCAA tournament. To me, you can do better than that. I mean, it's just unacceptable. And I know, again, the last two years they've gotten close. They've made progress overall. But this big step back in year five, I think you really, if you're, if you're Candice Lee, you really have to think seriously about, trying to find your next men's basketball coach oh
0: wow a year after being coach of the year in the league Uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on the commodores this season joe we appreciate it hey man merry christmas to you your family happy new year always enjoy chatting with you and hope to do it many times again next year
3: absolutely always fun talking to you guys happy new year and merry christmas to you guys and thanks a lot
0: thank you it's Joe Rexroad of The Athletic in 102.5, the game in Nashville. Follow him on the social media platform formerly known as Twitter, at Joe Rexroad. Got to take a quick timeout. Stay with us. The Drive continues. More Fan Run Radio coming up. The, the Drive. Drive. White Claw is taking Christmas without you.
2: I'll be so.
0: Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Russell Smith, Bear, Tucker Harlan back with you doing the thing on a Tuesday afternoon edition of the show. Open the phone lines up to you here, 865-546-8200. Your number to get on board, 546-8200. Joe Rexroad of The Athletic, 102.5 The Game in Nashville. Tucker Harlan,
1: what did you learn? Well, you know, you were talking with him a little bit there at the end of the segment about Vanderbilt basketball, and uh, not necessarily something I learned as much as it is something I just thought of while you you were talking about it.
0: You really got Bears bit down.
1: No, no, I I, I know. Not so much learn as... But it's like he, you know, Jerry Stackhouse, they they don't really think, the, the Vanderbilt fans when I say they... They didn't think he should have been coach of the year last year just because they, he just mismanaged the roster there at the beginning of the season, and now it just looks like the bottom's beginning to fall out there. And I, and I agree with Joe. I think that you know they're, they're going to have to make a decision about their future here pretty soon uh, when it comes to the head coach. Doesn't seem like
0: the stack experiment is is paying off, and I know that breaks Tennessee fans' hearts to see Vandy struggling like that but that is i mean they've got basketball potential they have been a solid top 25 program at different times they have had good players in um it, it's been a while but we used to have some knockdown dragouts with them back in the day they're currently number 229 on, on kinpop
1: mm. it's not where you want to be as a power no, five team no, no. At one all. spot below
0: northern arizona North Dakota State, Little Rock, North Alabama, Maine, Monmouth, Denver, Columbia, Rhode Island, Gardner Webb, just some of the teams ranked yeah. above.
1: I can Bandit. only name you like two of those teams that I can ever remember being in the tournament. Yeah, so that, I
0: mean that that's a bad look. They got to clean that up and I I think that's still a pretty good job, a coveted job. I mean, you got to you got to know that it's it's a private school and it's a little bit different vibe on campus and and all that stuff, but like we've talked about many times, it's basketball, man. You get yourself four or five players and you can go.
1: Yeah, and I think it's become a little bit more complicated now, just with the fact that you see the Auburns, the Bama's, the A and M's of the world starting to care a little bit more about basketball, because you know back in the day, you know when it was just Kentucky and Florida really running the SEC and occasionally Tennessee, you'd have the Memorial Magic, but Seems like a thing of the past for the most part. I guess we do
0: owe them for last year. It was an embarrassing loss.
1: Yeah, that was, oh my gosh, I'm mean, probably the Brutal worst. Brutal loss. W- it just weak of Tennessee basketball because then you had the the buzzer beater with Mizzou after that, and that was even more of a prayer than that shot in Memorial Gym.
0: Yeah, uh, Julian Phillips d- didn't dunk that ball. <sighs> and then vescovi vescovy leaves his his guy just wide open in the corner with the most un vescovy yeah thing ah man it is just like uh the perfect storm that that game that game still stings. that one still stinks can't have those for sure eight six five five four six eight two zero zero. Your number to get on the show here this afternoon. Appreciate Joe Rexrow joining. Had a great conversation with Ryan Shumpert in hour number one, if you want to go back and relive that on the podcast. And we're kicking around this question for those of you just joining us. Tennessee basketball. Season is a failure if they don't at least make it to blank. And it seems like so far both guests have said Sweet 16. Um. I think you can make the case for Elite Eight. I think you can make the case for Final Four. I mean, you can make that case. I wouldn't say that. I think you could also make the case for a Round of 32. It's interesting about college basketball tournament. His success is in the eye of the beholder so yeah. much. But for Rick Barnes in Tennessee, it's his ninth season here. He's been to the tournament so many times. This program is so hungry. Its fan base is so hungry to take it one step beyond and, and get to the Final Four where they've never been before. There there comes a time when, when Sweet 16s don't cut it. And is it fair? No. But it's true. If this team gets to the fi- uh, Sweet 16 and loses, fans are going to be upset, man. Like the, the hardcore Tennessee fans. and Casuals might turn the page. No, well, you know, good you. But those of us who have been following it for thirty plus years. We're going to be upset. And no, I'm not going to be calling for a coaching change or anything like that. But dang it, been saying this. You keep on knocking on the door. Eventually, you're going to break it down. We've been humming that mantra for fifteen years. You know, since Bruce Pearl was here, we've been having that conversation. And man, we've been knocking for a long time now. When is it going to be our time? So, I I just think that it's a tournament sport. Hey, Rick Barnes has won a SEC regular season championship. That counts for something in my book. That's banner worthy in my book. Rick Barnes has won an SEC tournament. That counts for something in my book. You hang a banner for that. But I, I don't think that that's paying the bills at this point with Tennessee fan base that's hungry for more success I think that they want to see Tennessee push those limits and and go beyond where they've gone before
1: yeah definitely and you know that's the frustrating part about this whole thing is that Ryan put it out very well I thought is that it is very much about who you draw in the tournament and you know who's hot at the right time and unfortunately it just feels like Tennessee has drawn A lot of those teams that have just gotten hot at the right time you know they've made the elite eight final four runs here lately and it it's just all about matchups come March and you just got to hope that it favors you at some point or another if you're Rick Barnes sure
0: sure there's luck there there there's a definite luck factor in in the NCAA tournament and just who you draw and which way the ball bounces and all that stuff but at a certain point, you know, your your hardest of hardcore fans are, are tired of hearing it, and they just want to see you push through. And, hey, man, FAU pushes through last year. Okay, you, you can say that's luck, but there are plenty of programs. And you talk about, you know, Michigan State probably being the the one that comes to my mind as being – I mean, what have they been to? Since, uh, like seven or eight Final Fours just in the last 25 years?
1: Yeah, that adds up. I, it's been a minute since they've been to one, though. So, I, know, I know they got in as like a seven-seed one. Yeah, I mean, so
0: fans look at it and say, listen, I, I understand every now and then the stars align for a George Mason or a South Carolina even a couple of yeah, years ago. that was to, a big one. To go, and, and you could tell me that's luck, but there's obviously a formula that some of these other schools that have similarly great coaches are like – they, they've hit on to. Rick Barnes has not lost his fastball talking to somebody who's who's at practice pretty regularly he said look man like th- this thought that he's handing off some duties to his assistants or you know it's a kinder gentler rick Barnes." like no, <laughs> he's no. Been in there. some of these guys are getting the treatment there's a lot of stare running there's a lot of yelling
1: oh there's yeah. a, lots of yelling
0: a- as much attention to detail as there has ever been and like he's as hungry to to make it as as he's ever been so i i I think he's he's still pushing man i I don't think that he's mailing in and at at all
1: no definitely not and that's exactly what i hear he's very very active during practice he runs them a lot too so you know the, the will is most definitely there football news today
0: addison nichols is a razorback yes Joining the Hogs, four-star offensive lineman that didn't pan out for the Volunteers.
1: Yeah, um, he had every opportunity he, to play this year. He did. Thought he could be the backup center at one point. Thought he could be the left guard. Just didn't work out for some reason. Couldn't overtake Karik, which, I mean, if if we're being honest, if he's not able to overtake Andre Karik, who struggled at times this year, that that's a sign that. His development's not maybe where you want it to be.
0: Are we penciling in Carrick at left guard next year?
1: Well, I, I can't name you another guy that would beat him out right now.
0: Decent amount of experience. Started multiple games there for Tennessee. You'd think another yeah. year bigger, stronger in the weight room, another year in the program, more familiarity with the system. You'd think he would have the inti- inside track there to join the other four returners on the offensive line
1: you just gotta hope he can make some kind of jump with his on-field product i guess
0: i know they're also recruiting this guy from florida who they think could could be left guard as well yeah
1: the farmer kid
0: yes i think he visited kentucky and is kind of shutting it down and going home to make his decision sounds like nil could play a heavy role in that one as i'm sure it does in all these yeah And then you've got the case of the two tight ends here on early signing day Eve, and you thought it was going to be Eccles for over a year. You sort of wrote that one off and figured you you, you had him and weathered the early storm, and he'd been quiet, and then all of a sudden he'd up in bolts and all hell broke loose. You get Holden Stace. You've got Ethan Davis. Cole Harrison from California. And Willie Rodriguez from Kentucky the two prospects and it sounds like there's a chance that Tennessee might get them both
1: It'd be very interesting to have what would that be four tight ends that you're banking on for the future? Well, I, I,
0: yeah I mean I, I think you want four right I, yeah. it's almost like quarterbacks is you're only going to play one at a time and so you want to sign one every class and they ended up short this year so you're gonna have to sign a couple and um I don't think that you want to depend on either of these. If you were to sign both of those guys as true freshmen, I mean, I, th- I think you just sort of almost penciled them in for redshirt years, hopefully. Hopefully, Stays and Ethan Davis stay healthy and form a nice little tandem there, kind of the way Warren and Castles did this year, the way Warren and Fant did the year before. And those are your two guys. And then you get... You get uh, just a year in the weight room for those guys, and they develop.
1: Yeah, just injury luck has not been as bad at tight end as it has at, say, linebacker for Tennessee. So, I you know, like you, I hope it's not a position where they have to worry about that and have to depend on those guys. So, yeah, definitely get them that red shirt year and just get them bulked up a little bit. We'll roll through all the –
0: commitment signees tomorrow on signing day suffice it to say there there's a lot of them Tennessee's going to get a big injection of talent and they've already got a bunch of those guys on campus right now going Mike Matthews boo Carter boo Carter on, on campus going Memphis through Gorey. yeah just kind of soaking it all in getting used to the vibe of the program what a practice looks like and I'm sure that'll be a good experience for them but uh, early signing day is tomorrow for Tennessee, and we'll be going through all that. Yet uh the, the transfers out there, McCoy and Brazil?
1: We really should know soon about McCoy. Does he have a time? I've not seen a time. He just said he was going to commit today. It's between Tennessee and Texas A&M. And, you know, right now I feel like Tennessee is the more attractive of the two, don't you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that A and M's got the new coach bump and everything. He's from down
1: there as well, I believe. Oh, he's from. He's, he's a Texas native. Okay. Well, you can still draw people out of Texas. I mean, that that's a very fertile recruiting ground. Well,
0: I also think Willie Martinez, Tennessee's much maligned secondary coach, has a an end there, I believe, hmm. with with the family, and so they've they're working it a little bit. But yeah, I mean. For, for Tennessee you definitely this guy's a corner the the kid from MTSU is a safety the McCoy is a corner so you do i mean it, it pretty much have all your secondary spots kind of open at this point i think we're we're thinking Ricky Gibson's going to start at one of those corner spots but other than that i mean who knows so pretty good opportunity to come in and earn some immediate playing time at either one of those spots. Setting up a big hour number three on the program today. We've got a little jam or not a jam headed your way on many of these fine fan-run affiliates. Stay tuned. where You get to listen to us, listen to music. I know. It's a thrilling segment.
1: It's Jamie's favorite segment.
0: Pretty excited about it. Just watching this... uh (laughs) Highlight of a soccer match where uh Sue scored a goal and a fan ran out on the field and I guess like the the official thought it was a uh, a player or something, like hugged the goalie and then ran back and before the cops could get him ran back into the stands. Wow. Brazen attempt. Brazen attempt to get out there on the on the field and claim a moment of glory. Stay with us. Hour number three of The Drive coming up on many of these fine Fan Run affiliates. 105.7 FM, 1340 AM, streaming online, fanrunradio.com, and your free Fan Run app, a variety of ways for you to experience the program. Stay with us. We're back with more right after this. the drive rogers utility solutions a division of rogers hydrant service is a family-run tennessee-based business since 2015 now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states roger's